0: Hello everybody. I'm Clay Brees, and this is the point. We have become the source for authenticity and exactitude for everyone here in Southeast Pennsylvania and in Delaware Valley on this station. Why? Because you've all identified our show and this station as the guidepost for all truth seekers everywhere. The point is the home of factualism, folks. Thanks to all of you for tuning in today. We have an action-packed show, and we'll be moving seamlessly, very quickly. It'll seem like it's going, folks, at the speed of sound. Now, we're going to provide you with an explanation to the unexplainable. That's what we do here. And we'll be discussing and exposing the media malpractice occurring every day on the Pravda Propaganda fake news networks. Folks, in times of political upheaval and turmoil, we're so thrilled that you're where you where that we are where you turn for the faction thank you again for being here <clears throat> i want to ask everybody i'm going to ask everybody what do these days have in common september 1st september 4th september 8th september 10th september 12th september 13th september 19th September 22nd, and September 24th. What do all those days have in common, folks? Other than they are all days that end in Y, and they're all days in September. What they have in common is they are the dates that Biden was hiding. Those are the dates that Biden put a lid on his campaign. Now, that is something I wanted to argue listeners to understand because you're not going to get that in too many places but you got it right here on 1180 WFYL on our show The Point folks what's really interesting on all of this is how Biden Biden is not out there and i think when you look at the actual polling it's really amazing because we're watching we're watching these polls that come out and again if you look around out there and you and you if you had the ability to look objectively, and I'm sure people on our show do because all of us have a trained eye to do this, we're seeing that Trump is in fact surging. We know this. But it's an amazing thing how this is very similar to 2016, and it seems like we're seeing this all over again. We have an an obvious lack of enthusiasm on the part of the Democrats with their candidate Joe Biden, Hayden Biden. And I mean, we also have the Democrats seemingly are parading this dementia patient out there. The media seems to be avoiding the mistakes that are made. Jake Tapper was on recently with Jill Biden, and he tried to bring a conversation around to Jill Biden, talking about the gaffes of Biden and She immediately dismissed it as if, oh, my goodness, I'm not going to go there with all the the things that Donald Trump does. And she literally was able to take Jake Tapper out of his journalistic mode. And Jake Tapper was again selling used cars or whatever it was he was doing prior to college and going into college. I mean, quite honestly, not that, that I don't want to. I'm not talking down used car salesman. I'm simply saying Jake Tapper was doing something other than journalism back in his earlier years. And Jake Tapper, again, was not doing journalism when he was being interviewing uh Jill Biden, because Jill Biden was able to tell Jake, don't ask me that question. On uh, and it made the edit. Obviously, uh, <clears throat> it was there for me to see. So anyone that was watching Jake Tapper saw Jill Biden blow him off. It was just an amazing thing. But they all sit around. They all sit around and listen to fake experts. All these people. I mean, uh, you know, Tapper and others. But what it is, is all these liberals. I mean, Nate Silver is the gold standard for pollsters, for the liberals. I mean, he's the guy. He's the genius. They, they quote him all the time. He's the guy giving them all the confidence in the world that the polls are right. And then Biden is leading by a whole bunch of points. It's going to be a landslide. You know, and now they're talking about they're going to be flipping red states. You know, they're going to be flipping Georgia and Florida and they're going to be flipping Texas. And, you know, they're talking about Trump's unpopularity. No one's going to vote for Trump. You know, I mean, folks, they're, they're really going off the deep end on this. It sounds like a complete rerun of the same movie titanic and the we know what happened there the ship went down with the iceberg in the titanic and the rerun of the same movie means the ship's going to go down again with the titanic it's going to go down again with the iceberg and they're i guess they're trying to rearrange the deck chairs on the titanic folks this the the media is not getting it right it's a deliberate attempt to suppress the enthusiasm of trump see they're trying to suppress the, the enthusiasm See when Trump does a road, when Trump does a rally I mean literally he's about he's going to bring in there about 4000 5000 people into the airport hangar maybe 3 4000 5000 whatever he's got five times that standing around outside trying to get in Okay and we know that Joe Biden couldn't fill a phone booth I mean Joe Biden I mean he he just doesn't he 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 just doesn't have anybody show up to his events it's so one sided that cbs from what i understand cbs actually used a photograph of a trump rally and they tried to use that you know for they tried to use that photograph for a biden rally and they got caught of course there was no retraction of the photograph but it's enough to know that we know here on the point because uh, we are the source of truth here and the source for truth seekers everywhere And so the truth is that CBS used a fake photo. No wonder why they're being called fake news by us, because they're fake. Uh, Anyway, but there are some polls that were actually getting it right. Uh, I think it's Trafalgar and Rasmussen. Uh, They got it right in 2016. They actually were pretty close uh, on the national level. I think Rasmussen actually had it better, but they they were both pretty close. They had the national poll pretty much called, and they they actually got the states pretty close in 2016. I mean, everybody was off, folks. Okay, don't I don't want to mislead anyone. Everyone was off, but those two polls were very close. Now we've got Politico, Washington Post, New York Times, ABC News, CBS News, Washington Times, Wall Street Journal. I mean, they're all hanging in there with, and they're all using identical polling. it's really weird. And what we're seeing is, what you know, I mean, you, you're seeing that they're putting out these numbers and they're trying to basically say that Trump is not winning and that Trump is losing. But there are some lead indicators. OK, there's some lead indicators. I would say, again, I bring this up. Um, a lot of our listeners have heard me say this, so I'll kind of skim over this pretty quickly. But in the key battleground states, the key states where the polls show Trump ahead or Trump tied with Biden, um, in those polls, in those states, Trump leads in, and Republicans lead in new voter registration numbers. We know that. And not by a couple of thousand, but by tens of thousands, or in our state, hundreds of thousands, like in Pennsylvania. In Pennsylvania, we have 200,000-plus new registered Republicans since 2016 and the democrats barely managed 30,000 new registered democrats. So, when i say hundreds of thousands, that's certainly 170,000 is uh it's 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 almost to the point where you could say hundreds of thousands in Pennsylvania. Certainly, it's a good number. Uh, again, uh, you know, i i am i just want to draw that out there because that's a very strong distinction, okay? And the polling that again Rasmussen and Trafalgar show is that Trump is his approvals are fine, he's ahead or he's tied in the battleground states. Rasmussen's got a daily tracking poll, which basically shows Trump pretty much even or ahead of Obama, uh, with a slight variance once in a while, sort of like a blip, if you will, uh, a radar blip. I mean, every once in a while he drops below um, Obama on the daily tracking, but pretty much day to day he's running at or ahead of of Obama. In Obama's re-election effort, uh, this far out of the election, I don't want to. I don't want to miss that. The reason I'm pointing that out, and I think it's, imp- it's an d- important distinction, is because we're seeing a, and we're having a lot of discussion about not just Trump, but also the Republican s- Senate and the Democrat House. Now, the House goes up for election every year, and I'm I'm, ba- I'm going to shift gears here and transition into something else here. Because I want to talk a little bit about the numbers in the polling for the Senate and the House. And I think we we haven't put a whole lot of time into this. So I'm going to do that now. All of the House goes up every year. And this year we have 23 Republican senators up for reelection. I think it's like 12 Democrats. Okay, now, just to put that in perspective, one third of the Senate goes up every year. Okay, roughly. Now, all the fake experts are predicting the Senate's going to flip. I mean, they bring these fake experts out there all the time. Uh, they put them out there and they, they they give you the the guys, the person's credentials. And they put this person out there and this person swears up and down they're so smart and that, uh, you know, they know what's going to happen in the Senate. The reason I'm pointing that out is because they're not getting it. They're not getting it. See, they're predicting, I believe, that the Senate's going to flip. But I'm going to break out I'm going to break down some of these seats. First off, first off I want to talk about three of them. You have Arizona, Colorado, and Maine. Okay? Now, Arizona and Colorado and Maine. Arizona's the state of Arizona has a Republican advantage of it's an R5. The state of Colorado has a slight Democrat advantage and I believe it's a it's a D1. I think Maine is a D3. I'm going to check that now as I have you folks. So bear with me here. I believe it is. I will pull that up momentarily. <clears throat> Maine is in fact a D3. I was correct. So what's interesting is, I mean, again, you're looking at Maine. It's a, you know, it's a D3. So now the the distinction on all of this, and I'm I'm pointing this out because I think it's important that we understand. That we're being told by all these fake experts we're going to lose Arizona. Now, I just can't imagine with Trump's approvals being what they are with Republicans, we need to know that Republicans are likely to vote Republican right down the line. We also need to be willing to accept the fact that in a state that has more Republicans, it is likely that with Trump's approval being high enough that anyone on the ticket is a Republican on a statewide race, not locals, but statewide races certainly should win. So I believe McSally will win in Arizona. I just don't think she's going to flip, and you're going to hear it right here on The Point, on 1180 WFYL, by me, in my expert opinion. Now, Colorado, what's interesting about Colorado is uh, Corey Gardner won the state with less than 49% of the vote. That's right. He won with less than 49% of the vote. That's a concern. Colorado is a D1. So there's a slight red registration advantage for Democrats, and he did not even break fifty percent on his election. So there's a state I think they might be right on. I guess I mean I think they're wish casting anyway. But if, if there's going to be a state that Republicans don't hold the Senate seat, that's the one I think they'll 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 fail to hold if there is one. And I'm not sure he's going to lose anyway. I think Trump's. If Trump wins Colorado, and I think it's a dead heat in Colorado, certainly uh in reliable polls show Trump within the margin of error. And the debates, I mean, what we're going by the way, we're gonna be getting to the debates, uh the 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 the, the night's debates. We're gonna be getting to that on the watchman. The discussion on the the debates that we just saw, uh I wanna have that with Annette Baker on our show, The Watchman. We will unpack that for the half hour show we are on later today at 1 p.m. So tune in later today at 1 p.m. for our show, The Watchmen, so we can discuss the debate that we all saw. So I'm not going to get into any of the debate specifics on our show here. But anyway, Colorado's one that might go. Now, look at Maine. Now, Maine's interesting. Maine's a D3. Maine's a D3. Now, there's an edge, a slight edge for Democrats in Maine. But the thing of it is with Maine is Maine... uh, voted for Susan Collins six years ago, they gave her 68% of the vote. I, I I just don't see her losing that. I just don't see her losing a state that she got 68% of the vote in the last time around. I don't see it in 2014. So I, I think that they're wish casting, hopefully Colorado, but they're also trying to wish cast Arizona, Maine. I don't see it. They are expecting, and I do predict uh, Alabama will go Republican. Um, Mr. Jones isn't going to hang on to that seat. It's an R15, Republican 15. It's a heavy Republican state. They will not win that seat. There's nothing that Mr. Jones can do except act like the Democrat that he is and adhere to what the Democrat leadership is telling him to do because the voters will not reelect him anyway. So uh, we're going to gain that seat in Alabama, and I guess we might lose the one in Colorado. So, I mean, just doing the math, there's a possibility that we could end up with the same count in the Senate that we currently have, which is 53 to 47. But I want to throw in some other things here because I'm going to put some other Metrics in here, I think you guys, I think all of our listeners here are going to be interested in, okay? Because when you look at state registration numbers, party affiliation, you know, the party affiliation advantages, and you compare that with what the incumbent got in 2014 in their Senate election, in other words, did they get 50%, 52%, 59%, 65%, 48%? Comparing that with, again, just using basic statistical facts, okay? We can make our presumption based on that. okay? As I stated, I believe Colorado is a vulnerable, possible vulnerable incumbency seat. Uh, but I don't believe Maine and, and I don't believe uh, I don't believe uh, um, Arizona is. Now, they also are wish casting Tom Tillis in North Carolina. I think that's interesting. They're hoping he can flip. He got less than 50 percent of the vote. However, it is in R3. It's an R3. So it's a state that has a Republican advantage in the polls. Uh, Trump is likely to win North Carolina. I think Tillis is going to pull that out only because the voter registration is in the Republican favor. And I believe that uh, because um, I think Trump is going to win the state, I think Tillis will hang on and win that seat. I don't think that's going to flip. It's an R3. That's another one. They're they're wish casting. So I'm going to throw that one out there as well. But there's other states that the Democrats are holding: Minnesota, Michigan, New Hampshire, and Virginia. They're all D ones. Now they're barely Democrat advantage states. All four of them, and they're currently all of them are held by Democrats. Now New Mexico is a D three, and Udall is retiring, so that's an open seat. Again, no incumbency advantage there. But there isn't an incumbency advantage in Minnesota, Michigan, New Hampshire, and Virginia. Now, the fake experts are all predicting that we're going to lose all the states that are R3. They're predicting we're going to lose an R3 state, North Carolina. And I believe an R5 state. They're predicting we're going to lose an R5 state with Arizona. So the fake experts come out and say Republicans are going to lose Arizona and North Carolina, where we hold an advantage. But they're not calling. For the Democrats to lose in these other seats that are D1s, states that Trump, a couple of them that Trump, uh, well, I should say one that Trump won, and several on the other three he was pretty close in. I I think it's interesting that the fake experts seemingly err on the side of the Democrats and not on the side of Republicans. That's where I was going with that. But anyway, this this is about as likely, as I said, you get to all of this. This is just not a likely happen. This is not a likely scenario. I do believe that the Democrats are vulnerable in those states. I do. I believe that the fake experts are wish casting, trying to get people to, to not be excited about the Republican chances of picking up Minnesota, Michigan, New Hampshire, Virginia. Folks, if we pick up two of those seats and we hold on to Martha McSally's seat and we hold on to, you know, Susan Collins's seat, we're going to be sitting on, Fifty six Republican senators in the in the Senate. And the Democrats are going to be sitting on 44. They're going to lose three seats. I say that because I want our listeners to understand there's a chance we can actually gain seats here. There's not much chance of losing the Senate at all. There is a possibility that they could pick up one seat in the Senate. But that's, I just don't see it, folks, with the way the voting, with the way the state registration numbers are, and also with the way that I believe that Trump's going to campaign and win in those. I just, I believe the Senate is that way. So my prediction for the Senate is that we gain a seat or two, possibly as high as 56 to 44. That's my guess, and that's my prediction. Now, in the House, it's a little bit different in the House now i I think what's interesting about the House, and I want to make sure we're clear on that is that with the House you actually have a uh, Republicans have a majority in registration advantage districts, but we lost the house. I think you know that that's I mean that was the amazing phenomenon Here you got all these advantages and we lost the house. how? because the Republicans basically um, I was talking to Daryl Issa. Uh, a couple of years ago. And I said, you guys gave away the house when you all resigned in the in the house. He said, we didn't resign, we, we retired. I said, tomato, tomato. I said, you call it retirement. I call it an open seat. Either way, we lost the house. I was very unhappy and I, I just happened to run into him. He's By the way, he's a very nice guy. He, he uh, showed me the way out of the state capital, uh, the, the U.S. capital. I, I was unable to find my way out to the parking where I was parked and because it's such a, anyway, it was just very, he he got me out the door. He got me out the correct door, which was big, but anyway, the Democrats hold 21 seats that are R3 or higher in Republican registration. That's 21 seats. To put this in perspective, the Republicans need 20 seats to take back the house. So this gives them an edge. Now, these are all held by Democrats that are R3 or higher. You got an R5 in there. You got an R8 in there. I believe there's an R15. I can't believe that. But there's there's another high R in there. Remember, when the Republicans lost the House, we gave up a lot of the incumbency advantage. But we also had an America that was going through a crisis with the Mueller uh, investigation. You know, the phony Russian collusion scam. Sham. And I mean, quite honestly, America thought Trump was a Russian agent back in back when they had this election in 2018. So they basically handed the House to the Democrats under the pretense that Trump was going to be found guilty because all the fake experts were out on TV declaring Trump was going to be found guilty. All the fake experts were declaring that the walls were closing in. And all of this happened. And all of a sudden, four months after uh, these new House members were sworn in, I believe it was uh March 22nd, 2019, it was two months later, uh, happy no collusion, happy no obstruction. I remember that day. Okay. And then two years, two days after that, we had happy no climate change day. Uh, so March 24th, 2019 was happy no climate change day because we discovered that the glaciers were coming back to Greenland. Nassau discovered that. I thought that was interesting. Which is another topic for another day. Because why did we close NASA? Remember, uh, Biden and Obama actually got rid of NASA. They didn't fund it; they closed it. And I think it had a lot to do with the fact that NASA could debunk uh, the 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 man-made climate change theory. And uh, quite frankly, uh, they had to get rid of the government agency that was on the side of facts and di- science and facts and data. And they they did. But Trump brought them back. But anyway. So I expect we're going to win those 21 seats. I, I just don't think we're going to lose any of them. I mean, there are R3s. We have good candidates right here in Pennsylvania. Connor Lamb. Connor Lamb is a Democrat that's sitting in an R3 district. I think the recent polling shows him slightly behind. Again, I think as the as the election gets closer, more will break for the, you know, for the Republicans there now. But there, there's another 28 seats that Democrats hold. That are slight Republican advantages or slight Democrat advantages. For instance, an R1 or an R2 or a D1 or a D2. Those four milestones, if you will, measure thresholds, if you will, on the, uh, on the registration measure stick, for lack of a better phrase. Uh, I mean, quite honestly, those seats could go either way. Okay, they're, they're kind of dead heats. Well, 28 of them are held by, by Democrats. I mean, I don't think Republicans hold hardly any of them. My prediction is the Republicans will gain like half of that. That's just what I think. I mean, they're going to get at least 13, 14 of them. I think the Republicans are going to win between 30 to 35 seats in the House. And again, uh, I think it's 20. I, I misspoke. I believe it's uh It's 21, I think, they need to take the house back. I think they're sitting on 197, so they need 218. Yeah, it's 21. They need 21 seats. So uh, my guess is they'll be healthy in the uh, majority. They'll be at least 10 or 15 seats in the majority, which is good. So it's good. And and again, you you look at these numbers and you see it and you understand. But I guess I wanted to point that out because we're seeing these fake experts that are out there. And, I mean, I see it. I mean, you're you're getting them now. I mean, you're 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 seeing these these, whether it's the Cook, you know, the Cook Report or Crystal Ball or Politico or whatever they are, Economist. You know, you got you got so many different ratings companies out there. There's so many of them, but when they're calling Martha McSally to lose a seat in a state that is a pretty good Republican advantage state. I just don't see it, and I think there's a lot of things that stick out to me, and I wanted to point that out to our listeners today. So that's where I wanted to go on that, and I appreciate your time on that. So let's jump into something else. Uh, I don't know if, how how many of our listeners today saw the protesters that crashed the restaurants and disrupted people that were sitting down. I thought that was an amazing thing. I, I think what's really compelling in all of this is that this is what's being viewed by people. And this is why law and order, I've said this before, law and order will be on the ballot. Law and order will be on the ballot. Okay. Now let's jump into something else on the Russian collusion scam or sham or however we want to phrase it. But the, the lie that was perpetrated by the, by the Democrats and the DNC. I want to get to this. Emmett Sullivan uh, is the uh, the judge that insisted that Lieutenant General Flynn be held accountable or at least be tried or whatever. Uh, he's the one that's basically forcing this through the courts. But had it not been for that, I don't think this other information would have come out. I think it's very telling. We had some documents that were released. And... Uh, that, that were basically produced because of this Emmett Sullivan pushing this Flynn case back through. If it weren't for that, I thought, I don't think we, we would have, I mean, I, we, we, we wouldn't have what we have right now. We wouldn't have learned what we know. And, and folks, this has been known by so many people for a long time. So we're just now getting this, but believe me, this was out there. There are people in this investigation Okay, people in this investigation that actually went out and got liability insurance for themselves because they knew how rotten and how illegal their actions were. That is very telling. They knew that the Mueller team was all about getting Trump. And uh, I guess there were two investigators on the team telling each other this isn't looking good. I know the other one would say or something whatever they're having conversations they they went out and got insurance but they they saw the distinct get trump attitude and it was just scaring them see the source was the steel dossier and and just to refresh everybody steel dossier there wasn't anything in it that was true nothing okay there's no allegation no assertion nothing there wasn't a single word of truth in it Okay, It was literally entirely made up, and they found out that the source for the Steele dossier was investigated by the FBI for being an asset for Russia back in 2009-2011, for those two years. He was the subsource, meaning Steele's name was on the dossier, so Steele got the information from the subsource, which was a spy for Russia. So who's colluding with the Russians? The DNC and Steele. Okay. I mean, that's amazing. I mean, I I just am amazed at this and how the media has ignored this. But, I mean, the guy's name is Igor Danchenko, Danchenko, Igor Danchenko. Again, he's a Russian spy. He gave them cover to go and ask for a warrant on Carter Page. So this guy attempts to run a spy operation back in 2009, and the FBI knew that he was still considered dangerous at that time. So, I mean, they, they they knew when they were getting these FISA warrants that this guy was the subsource, and they knew that he was a spy. They knew that he was dangerous. Well, who is this guy? Okay, well, this guy's Ukrainian, and he lives in Washington. He lives over there in, the, I guess, the D.C. suburb somewhere. But according to new records, this guy's connections as a spy that these facts were known to crossfire hurricane team in December 2016, which means, folks, that Obama knew about it. Joe Biden knew about it. Comey knew about it. Brennan knew about it. Oh, yes, Mueller knew about it. Clapper knew about it. Rosenstein knew about it. Peter Strzok knew about it. Lisa Page knew about it. McCabe knew about it. Folks, everyone knew about it. That's what that tells me. You see? And this tells me that everyone, this is the deep state right here. These are the self-preserving dignitaries who are trying to preserve their positions and their power by going after a man, by getting a fake, by, by using fake evidence to get a warrant to spy on Carter Page. And again, I want to remind everybody about the liability insurance those two FBI agents purchased when they realized what was going down. I also want to remind everybody about how Susan Rice saw this going down. Because again, Susan Rice knew about it. And the evidence of that was, well, she didn't get a liability insurance. She wrote an email to herself. Remember that email? Dear me. Everything we did was above board. Remember that that email that she wrote to herself? Well, that's Susan Rice. So let's throw her into this mix. Susan Rice knew about it. Folks, they knew that someone who had been investigated as a Russian spy was the primary source of the fake dossier. I'm going to say that again because I want it to sink into our listeners here. Okay. Barack Hussein Obama, Joe Biden, Susan Rice... James Comey, Brennan, Mueller, Clapper, Peter Strzok, Lisa Page, Andrew McCabe. Folks, they all knew that the guy that, that 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 was investigated as a Russian spy was the source, the primary source for the dossier, the dossier that they used to get the FISA warrant, the dossier that Comey briefed Trump on. He knew that it was a Russian spy that was the primary source of the fake dossier. So not only did Comey know it was fake, he knew the source of it. He knew it was phony, and he knew the source of it was a Russian spy who was investigated. They all attempted to undermine the United States in the United States election, folks. This is the crime of the century. And it's because of this that we're spending time on this on this show And we're going to cover the debate on the Watchmen, because quite frankly, I I think there's a lot to talk about on this. I mean, folks, I'm blown away by this. This is the crime of the century, and the media has downplayed this unbelievably. And I don't want to miss this. Okay? I mean, they knew this guy was a liar. They knew he made things up out of thin air they knew he was spinning a yarn folks and they still went to get fisa warrants based on this guy and steel folks that is unbelievable but here's some more information that's even more compelling and more distinct (laughs) yes folks it's even it's even more and as i stated here we're going to expose these hidden facts with the unadorned truth coming at you in rapid succession. And so we are doing this at the speed of sound here, folks. But this is, this is even more. Okay. Because what's really amazing on all of this is that when we look at the idea that now we've learned that Lieutenant Colonel, Mr. Veneer Vindeman and Fiona Hill, remember them from the impeachment hearings, folks? Remember the impeachment hearings, how they paraded Lieutenant Colonel Vindeman? I I call him Veneer Vindeman because Veneer is fake wood. This man is a fake hero. He's a fake everything. He's fake. He's phony. He's deep state. He's a liar. Okay. Well, this spy worked with him and Fiona Hill and the Brookings Institute. That's right. The Brookings Institute, which is a liberal think tank which was where, again, they got the, they got all this. We we mentioned this a few months ago that the Brookings Inst- Brookings Institute was thrust into the main was in, thrust into the the fray here as being one of the sources for the dossier. Well, now we know who the guy is. It's this spy. It's this spy Igor Denchenko, who worked with Lieutenant Colonel Veneer Vindeman and uh, Mister and I should say Fiona Hill. So. They couldn't get him on the dossier, so Veneer Vindeman and Fiona Hill to turn around, and they say, let's get him on this impeachment. Let's pretend that the Ukrainian call, the call with the Ukrainian ambassador was something else. Let's make a lie. Let's this is a lie. I mean, after all, we've worked with a liar before. Okay, we, we know we, we know that we work with this liar Dachenko He's a friend of ours. I mean, this is what they're saying. So is a friend of theirs. They knew he was a liar. They they knew he made things up. They knew that the they knew everything about the impeachment, everything about the Russian collusion was a lie. I mean, on Trump's end, they were the ones colluding with Russia. These people were the colluding. They were colluding with Russia. Okay, they did this. They knew about it. I mean, that's the truth. Don't miss that. I mean, this is this is an amazing thing. These people were out there working against this country, folks. I mean, that just amazes me. But anyway, so here they are. So they got Veneer Vindemann and they got Fiona Hill. So they couldn't get him on the Russian sham. So then they went after him with this impeachment. So they get this call. But they didn't realize that Trump would release the transcripts of the call. See, no president wants to do that. Nobody does. But I think what happened was Donald Trump actually, I think Donald Trump actually caught on to their game. That's what I think. And I think he made sure that there were transcribers around and that the call was recorded. He also made sure there was nothing on the call that couldn't be released. He made sure of it because he really knew they were on to him. I think that he got onto their game and I think he was outsmart. He outsmarted them and that's what they hate. So he makes this call. They think it's going to be about quid pro quo. And so I guess it's uh, Mr. Sunlin or I think it was member Sunlin asked the question. So what do you want us to get for this money, Mr. President? They'll give us, they'll do anything that we want them to do. What do you want them to do? And remember what Trump said? Nothing. I don't want anything. I don't want anything from them. Just give them the money. Remember, Trump said that. He said it twice. I don't want any quid pro quo. <laughs> I thought was interesting was Trump said it twice. Now, what's it, what I find interesting is the, the term quid pro quo is used oftentimes in business uh, and politics as well, but it's not something I use a lot. And I, I just, I mean, I thought it was funny that Trump said, I don't want quid pro quo, which really leads, and he said it twice, which leads me to believe that perhaps Trump was was on to their game. And so Trump was basically outsmarting them. So he creates this call that is a perfect call, because quite frankly, there was nothing on it that was, you know, that that couldn't be revealed. So he released the whole call and they couldn't believe it. I mean, here they are. They thought that Trump would not release the call and Trump released the call. Not only did he release the call, he had it transcribed. But they went through with this impeachment anyway, because they'd already gone this far. So they went through, remember, they brought in Veneer Vindemann and they brought in Fiona Hill. And they sat there and testified that, well, they that they knew what the inside skinny really was, and that Trump was trying to institute quid pro quo, and they knew it because, after all, they're so smart. Well, folks, they didn't know anything. They're all a bunch of liars, and they got caught in it. So they were part of the impeachment scam with the Ukrainian call. So this Russian spy, okay, Igor Denchenko works worked with. Remember, he worked with Veneer Vendeman and Fiona Hill in the impeachment hearings. I mean, I remember those people in the impeachment, impeachment hearings. He worked with those people at the Brookings Institute. So they all knew each other. I think that's a delicious fact that I want our listeners to get right here on 1180 WFYL. That's why we're talking about it, folks. Because this is very, very distinct. And it's a fact that you're not getting on the fake news. But every one of these liars claimed that Trump worked with the Russians, and they were the ones that were working with the Russians, not Trump. And at the same time, they're telling the American people how horrible Trump was, and how horrible the Russians were in in meddling in our affairs and our election, and how horrible Trump was for working with these Russians. They were the ones dealing with it. They were the ones doing it. So the ones that were accusing Trump were accusing Trump of what they did. They were working to undermine this country and our president, folks. They were accusing Trump of doing it, but they were the ones doing it. That, my friends, that, our dear listeners, that is the message I want to make sure we clearly unpack here. Don't miss it. These people not only are liars, but they're all traitors. Every one of them. I can't fathom that any of them would have done any of this. And, you know, then they went even farther with this. We had Clapper and Brennan testifying. Remember, they were testifying to to, to Congress that they didn't see one shred of evidence that Trump ever colluded with Russia. Well, they did say it when they were under oath. But boy, when they got on TV, here come the fake experts. And what were they saying? Trump's a liar. Trump's a traitor. The walls are closing in. Remember that, folks? I mean, these guys said under oath that Trump there wasn't any evidence that Trump ever colluded with anybody. But then they go on the news and they lie. They lie to the American people on the news. And the propaganda, fake news, not only let them get away with it, but brought them on to tell the lies. So the propaganda was out there creating this narrative, using these liars, perpetuating and perpetrating, perpetrating a lie to get these people to, on their show to give credibility to the lie. I mean, it was amazing. For two years, this wasn't one show. It wasn't one interview. They were doing this consistently. It was a constant drumbeat. It was a constant drumbeat. They were going after Trump. I mean, I couldn't believe this. And then March 22nd, 2019, happy no collusion, happy no obstruction. And I think the icing on the cake was happy no climate change, happy no man caused climate change. But the glaciers are returning to Greenland, folks. Relax. Everything's going to be okay. Miami will not be underwater. But, folks, what what were these people actually fighting for? Why did all these liars conspire like they did? Okay, because they're against an America First agenda. Really, they are. I mean, Joe Biden was consistently praising how wonderful it would be to have a strong China. Go back through YouTube. I tell you, go to realbidenharris.com and check it out for yourself. We've got all kinds of videos on there. You can see for yourself exactly what I'm talking about. But there's a lot of stuff on there with Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. I mean, folks, who are these people? Who really are they? And you can see who they really are. Go to that site. Check it out. But anyway... They're against an America first agenda. They don't like the fact that America, well, they want to continue to promote the idea that America is not a f- special country. We don't have a special founding. We're not, our founding was not inspired by almighty God. No, they don't want to promote that. They want to say that we're, well, we're evil, oppressive people. And that we took and that we, you know, basically murdered and whatever they pillaged or whatever they want to call it. Folks. Folks, Make no mistake, they're they're globalists, and they want investments around the world. That's all they think about is money and power. They're not thinking about this country. There is no America first with these people. They're not nation-first people. Make no mistake, they're profit-first people. They are invested in these organizations and industries that are overseas in these countries. They're invested in a globalist society, folks. And to make it even better for them, they promote the sham and the lie climate change, which then brings about another industry, but it also and and promotes their investments through crony capitalism. But it also creates a system to where countries like the United States cannot thrive and keep up with countries like China who don't have to live by the same rules. They can pollute like crazy and not worry about it. We got all these hoops we're being pushed through. A lot of them are unnecessary. Some necessary but a lot of them not necessary. Don't miss that. But they hate that. They hate the fact that Trump has America first. And and with that America first healthcare, America first in education, (laughs) you know, I mean, you go down the line on this. I mean, Trump is America first with the media. I mean, when you look at at what the traditions have been in, in this, in this country and don't miss this, but I mean, we talked about this earlier. I mean, I, I, what you're seeing, what is an America First agenda? I mean, really, what is it? I mean, what that, what has Trump succeeded in doing all these years when you look at an America First agenda? I mean, it's the land of greatness, the land of promise, the land of hope, the land of opportunity. I mean, that's what you're talking about. Economies through the roof producing record amounts of oil and gas, becoming a leading exporter in the world. This is what Trump brought about. Creating nearly 6 million new jobs and over 600,000 new manufacturing jobs, folks. Having 7 million unfilled job openings. Having jobless claims being at a 50-year low. Unemployment being at an all-time low. Folks, this is what Trump's economy, America First agenda created. This is what the Democrats hate. It creates a society that doesn't need big government programs. It's just they don't need it. The wage growth is based upon because the wage growth was through the roof. Wage growth was for blue collar and white collar. As a matter of fact, blue collar workers earned a higher percentage of increase than even white collars did under Trump's economy. Consumer confidence at record highs, gas prices down at lowest level in 20 years, wages increasing for the first time in, like, decades. This is what America First does. This is what it did. And I don't want to miss that because I think, you know, when you, when you understand, and as we all do, we all try to understand, but when you look at what is it that the Democrats hate about this country, I believe it's the fact that we're a special nation and they've been told over and over. And Joe Biden has consistently told them that U.S. and China relations are contingent upon China's economy doing much better. And uh, and, uh, again, you go down and you see what I'm talking about, but you see where where he's praising. I mean, literally praising. China, praising the Chinese and, and their and their growth and how important it is, folks. The Republican Party is the America First agenda, America First traditions, the party of Lincoln, economic and military supremacy. And again, an America First tradition is our having our country stay on top of the rest of the world economically. That's what that is. An economy growing faster and at a faster rate than the global economy. Folks, that's what we do. That's the way we roll here in America. And we have a military second to none. None. We secure our border and we have law and order, folks. We have law and order. That's an America first tradition. I mean, you got people having dinner at restaurants being disrupted by people. I mean, by defund the police people. This is what's scary. I mean, the people going over and, and jumping into a seat at their table forcing them to leave. I mean, this is not anything that people should ever have to go through. This is why this country is surging towards Donald Trump, because they want safety in their communities again. They want law and order restored. Okay. And they understand that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris actually had or had, well, they have staffers that donated money to bail out the rioters in Minneapolis. And Kamala Harris actually went farther than that. She actually made a plea on social media to please donate money to the organizations committed to to bailing out these rioters, these lawbreakers when they're arrested. Kamala Harris was on Steve Colbert. Again, that video is on realbidenharris.com, but uh, she's on Stephen Colbert talking about how these Protests will not end And they shouldn't end They're going to continue And they're going to continue on As she calls it, it's a movement I think people like us need to remind Kamala Yes, it's a movement to destroy our cities And our neighborhoods That's what this is Folks, make no mistake about it They are in league with these people Or at least perceived to be such For good reason When they make statements like that on on interviews and they're recorded and on realbidenharris.com, you can know for sure that she has it in her heart if that's what she's saying on a Colbert interview. You can know for sure that they have it in their hearts when their own staffers bail out protesters that are rioters, I should say, that are arrested for burning buildings and looting buildings. It's in their heart to do this, folks. Don't miss that. And America is not buying it. We had Kathy Barnett on our show recently, a few weeks ago. I'll tell you what, Kathy Barnett's trending a whole lot better in Montgomery County than people think. She's connecting with people, and I'm thrilled to hear it. Because the Democrats in Montgomery County, the suburban moms in Montgomery County, are not a limit, they're not in favor of, in order they get a, a warm, fuzzy feeling of security from the defunding the police people—they just don't. That movement does not resonate with 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 suburban moms. No, it just doesn't. I mean, decriminalizing disorder crimes does not resonate with suburban moms. Eliminating cash bails so arrested suspects can be out without having to get bail to put up bail. Folks, suburban moms, they don't get the warm and fuzzies about that. No, law and order is going to be on the ballot, folks. And it's its, it's being very evident. It's being evidenced every day by what I see. And I'm sharing it with you right here on our show. But America first, best education. Folks, we used to have the best education on planet Earth. We used to years ago. We were top five in reading and math, Folks. And then the Democrats brought in the Department of Education. You know, they wanted to fix something that wasn't broken. So they bring in the Department of Education, the Democrats, that's right, in 1977. Jimmy Carter signed it in. The Democrats, Senate and House voted it in. We had some willing Republicans that were duped into the idea that big government education can make us even better on planet Earth. Well, since then, okay, here we are 45 years later. We have the 35th or 40th best education system on planet Earth, no longer top five. And uh, they've actually had to go in and change the proficiency measures for reading and math. In other words, proficient in math and reading is no longer being able to read and being able to to figure in math, okay, to solve problems. No, being proficient in reading and math is meeting a government threshold, which they s- strategically scheme and design to include people that haven't learned anything. So they strategically scheme and design to create standards that portray people as proficient when they can't read and they can't write and they can't problem solve in math, nothing. So all we've done is shown everyone how proficient we are and how smart we are when in fact we're not. Our kids aren't learning anything The America first agenda means we're going to be changing our education system. And Trump is doing that. And I tell you, the second term is going to be absolutely delicious watching him get rid of Common Core. I'm thrilled about it. I believe he's already given that direction. Uh, Again, you're seeing a lot of things happening here. Uh, I tell you, uh, we're going to have the best education on planet Earth. Do you realize, folks, three quarters Of all the money that goes to the Department of Education is used to pay the overhead in the Department of Education. That's right, folks. Three quarters of the money. What does government do? I mean, what do these bureaucrats do? They've done nothing but ruin our education system. And we have to sustain them. Well, America First means that changes. And, of course, an honest media. What's interesting is an America First tradition is having an honest media that holds our government and our bureaucrats accountable. a media that actually reports the news. So when Jake Tapper is smacked down by Jill Biden because he asked a very difficult question of, well, you know, Joe Biden's gaffes. I mean, he released one recently where he said he was in the Senate for 180 years. Uh, and then there was another gaffe where he said that 200 million Americans died of COVID, uh, and and you know again, I mean, I, I could go on about some of these gaffes, but can you help me understand? I mean, he's done that one a couple of times. Uh, you know, uh, you know, he asked Jill Biden about some of the gaffes. I thought Jill Biden would come out and say something, but Jill Biden basically shouted him down in the interview, and that was on the interview. If you could, you could see it for yourself. Yourself. See the disrespect Jake Tapper got But that doesn't matter Because these liberals turn on each other But it doesn't matter They're still into their religion their, their liberal Their dystopia society They're trying to create But folks They don't commit acts of journalism And Jake Tapper didn't I mean the very fact That we were talking about earlier This Russian collusion hoax The very fact That they brought on these fake experts, to testify, okay, to sit there and, and, and swear to their listeners, their viewers, that Trump is, the walls are closing in on him, and he's guilty, he's guilty, when they were just telling Congress there wasn't any evidence at all that Trump ever to with Russia. I mean, how could they continue to show their face every day on television? They have no credibility with me at all on this. Nor with many of you. The fake news prob the propaganda, folks. They are an enemy of the people. When they don't ask Joe Biden difficult questions, uh, I mean, quite literally, when they don't cross examine Biden, when he's being questioned about being a socialist, and Joe Biden says, that's nonsense. I defeated the socialists. And they don't bring up the very fact that Joe Biden signed a 150 page manifesto with Bernie Sanders, swearing that he would uphold the socialist ideals of Bernie Sanders. He wrote it down, he signed on it. He swore he would do the job and be the. The socialist president. That's what he did, folks. I don't want to. I don't want to miss that. I, and again, I, I want our listeners to understand because this is who these people are. This is who they are, and I, I can honestly tell you when I look at this and I realize why are they lying to the American public? Why are they bringing out these fake experts? Why are they doing this? I mean, they're awarded the Nobel—they didn't even report no, the, Trump's getting the Nobel Peace Prize nominated for. They didn't even report that. The fake news is doing nothing but structuring and tailoring a narrative. And the evidence of that is what they leave out of the news as well as what they report. And what they report, friends, if you missed it on CNN, don't worry, you can pick it up on MSNBC. If you miss it in New York Times, don't worry, the Washington Post will have it. If you miss it on NBC, you'll catch it on CBS or ABC. Don't worry, folks. The narrative is the same. No matter where you go in the propaganda, it's the same phony, fake lies and fake messaging, folks. This is what frustrates me. But be of good cheer, as I stated, right will prevail. And as I stated, folks, I mean, I know Trump's ahead. I see it in the, in the inside numbers. We see it with the real polls. Trump's doing well. Trump's enthusiasm is through the roof when you've got tens of thousands showing up to see him in the rain in Harrisburg or on a sunny day in Michigan. doesn't matter. Wherever he shows up, they're there. His his loyal supporters are there, folks. There is so much enthusiasm for Trump; it's unbelievable. So be of good cheer. Right will prevail. And now with the Supreme Court flipping, the Democrats know that leaving it up to the courts is probably not a good idea. So now they're shifting gears again and telling voters get out and vote. Don't do the mail in. That was also recently reported. But I I can't spend any time on that, folks. Unfortunately, I'm out of time. But thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in. Thanks for being with us today on our show, The Point. I mean, it is so wonderful that you folks are here and that you're taking the time with us. We appreciate you being with us today, folks. We appreciate you, you listening to us and allowing us to explain the unexplainable to you and to discuss these developments and milestones that just aren't being reported anywhere else. So thanks for being with us. Be with us later on as we get into the debate discussion on The Watchman at 1 o'clock today, right here on this channel. Some of our audience listens to us live on YouTube by going to YouTube and searching 1180 WFYL there, and you see, listen, live there, you click it, it pulls it up. So during normal air times, you can listen to the point Uh, live by going there you can listen to the watchman later on by clicking listen live at at that site on youtube you can also go to our website which is 1180wfyl.com and click the listen live there link there during normal air times or you can listen to our expert directors podcast uploads as they bring on the podcasts we put them up there for our listeners to listen to at their leisure however you choose to listen to us folks thanks for being with us see you next week on the point Goodbye for now.